Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Well, what a great day. Delighted to have you joining us on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. She is a doctor of osteopathy, and you find her at a WellMed clinic in San Antonio, the Ingram Mall WellMed Clinic. And we're certainly delighted to have her with us week after week as we talk about all kinds of issues. And today, Dr. Charles, we're going to salute Occupational Therapy Month. And I suspect from time to time you refer your patients for physical therapy and occupational therapy. Absolutely. It's a, it's a tool we utilize to help assist patients in their well-being, and we use it all the time. And what are the indications uh, for you to refer someone? Well, it's typically patients that have um, that are struggling with, for example, activities of daily living, being able to get themselves dressed. Um, for example, patients who have had strokes or who have had prolonged hospitalizations, but even day-to-day people, especially my seniors, sometimes will start to get weaker and need a little bit of coaching and and assistance with being more independent. Well, I I like the way you say my seniors. Oh, yes. That's pretty cool. Very possessive, my little patients. Well, we've got a very special guest who is joining us here. Uh, Andrew Morgan is a physical therapist, has a doctorate degree uh, he's a director of therapy services and alternate administrator for home care dimensions in San Antonio, earned his master's and doctoral degrees in physical therapy from UT Health San Antonio. He enjoys cooking and triathlons. And uh, when it comes to cooking, I guess as long as I mentioned it, uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Morgan, first of all, thanks for joining us. You were a, a contestant and a winner on a televised cooking show. That is true. That That is true. That, now, it's tell been us several about years that. now, but that's true. For our listeners, um, tell us it, about that. It, it's, a, it's a show. Uh, it was called Cooks versus Cons on uh, the Food Network. Um, it kind of follows like a chopped sort of format. Um, uh, but the difference between this and, and chopped is uh, as opposed to having four professional chefs, it's two professional chefs versus two amateur home cooks who are the cons, otherwise known as con artists, uh, hence the name cooks versus cons. And it was a lot of fun for you, right? It, it was a, it was, it was a bucket list item. It was a kind of one of those once in a lifetime sort of things. It, it was a, it was an incredible amount of fun, long day, but a whole lot of fun. Now, do you still cook? I do. Um, my wife refers to me as the special occasion cook. Um, um, she does the day-to-day cooking and my wife is a, my wife's a wonderful cook, cook, um, in her own right. Um, I, I will, I will always give her her due. I mean, one of her specialities is, uh, she, she, ah, man, I just blanked on the name of it. It's one of the Gordon Ramsay dishes, uh, the beef wrapped in the the pastry. And I just completely beef Wellington, man, man, I, I, I'm like on the spot, but yeah, one of her specialities (laughs) is beef Wellington, uh, which by no means is an easy dish to make. No, I usually do the special events. Now, what led you into physical therapy rather than becoming a chef? So 
you know, I always wanted to go into something medical. Um, I had never thought of cooking as a career, uh, but I had always wanted to do something medical. And, um, you know, in, in high school, being I was a I was a high school and college athlete, and I became aware of physical therapy and and the role that physical therapists play uh, in helping athletes recover uh, from injury. Um, um, and and that's really where, where I kind of where I first discovered it and and found that niche. What was your sport? I ran track and cross country. So you had some leg injuries. Uh, knee, knee specifically, but yes, uh, had, had some knee problems. Um, um, and, and that's really how I, how I discovered, how, how I discovered the, the field of physical therapy. Well, just so there's no secrets here, Dr. Charles, after I had, uh, my knee replacement surgery, uh, Dr. Morgan showed up as the physical therapist, uh, <laughs> sent to me by home care dimensions. And that's really how we first met. And we ended up talking so long uh, fortunately, he wasn't billing us by the hour because we spent <laughs> a lot of time uh, really having a great time talking and a little bit of time uh, getting that knee all flexible and uh, and working. And, you know, I have to say, uh, Andrew, uh, that I may be one of the lucky ones. I don't know about others who've had knee replacement surgery, but I never had pain after the surgery. Uh, and I think a lot of that is due to uh, how you helped me flex it and move it. Uh, but it's been wonderful. Even to this day, it's been a couple of years. It has been a few years. Um, uh, but yeah, movement's key. Got, you got, you got to get it moving. Uh, that's really what a physical therapist is. We're, we're, we are movement scientists. We are experts in human movement. Now, this is that's Occupational awesome. Therapy Month. And for those who, who may not know, uh, there are differences in uh, your specialty. They're physical therapists occupational therapist what are the differences so i think i think dr charles did a good job explaining ot um you know a lot of focus on um i, I describe it as like fine motor control things that involve more fine motor control things like act activities of daily living uh dressing <laughs> bathing cooking uh those sorts of things for our seniors when you look at fine motor control, something is as important as opening up a bottle, for example, to take your 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 pills, uh, that would fall into an occupational therapist realm. Now, hold that thought. We want to remind folks who just joined us, they're listening to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, and our special guest, Dr. Andrew Morgan. Uh, he is with Home Care Dimensions, and we're talking about Occupational Therapy Month and a whole lot more. Uh, those child-proof caps on medications are adult-proof as well, Dr. Morgan. That's true. I think actually, I think children have an easier time getting into them than than adults do. That's kind of what I've seen. Uh, you know, my kids would have no problem opening that, but you know, my parents would probably have a lot more of a challenge getting into those bottles. And I think under the law, uh, if you don't have kids in the house you can ask for non-childproof bottles. Um, that I don't know. <laughs> Is that well, right, Dr. A Charles? Lot of, depending, I've seen a lot of bottles from different pharmacies that actually the cap is reversible. If you flip it over, ah. then it's not childproof. And then, you know, I, I know several of the pharmacies carry um, bottle caps that are like that. Otherwise, I'm not exactly sure on the law, 
but I know that if there aren't small children in the home, some for some of our seniors that just cannot get those childproof caps off of their bottles, it would be necessary for them to have non-childproof right. um, bottle caps. So we're talking about ADAs, activities of uh, uh, daily living ADLs. Well, what else, Dr. Morgan, are uh, challenges for folks? Um, I mentioned dressing, bathing, cooking. Um, it, it, when you think about the term occupational therapy, well, someone just because someone's retired doesn't mean they don't have a job. Uh, their job might just be living their life. Uh, you know, the, so those everyday routines that that we take for granted when we're in our teens and twenties that become more difficult as we get older. Um, you know, that, that is, is really where an occupational therapist, uh, that that's going to be their bread and butter. Now I've so had like, firsthand experience mm -hmm. with, uh, OT after I got out of the hospital, uh, several months ago, uh, treated for sleep apnea, uh, and, uh, AFib, uh, I, I have the opportunity to have an occupational therapist connect with me. Gina Acton is her name. Uh, and the first visit we had, uh, gave me a real sense of what she was looking for. She had me walk her through the house and show her that I could go in and out of the shower on my own, uh, that I could get in and out of the bathroom on, on my own, that I was able to do the things that, as you were describing, Dr. Morgan, are, are the kinds of activities of, uh, of daily living that ordinarily you never think about. You just do them. Correct. Yeah. And getting and dressed, like of course, you know, getting dressed may involve uh, buttoning a shirt. Uh, it may involve putting a belt on and buckling that belt, uh, all of the things that uh, until you're in a situation where you can't do it, you probably never thought about. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. one of the great things that the occupational therapist can can work with patients and, and meet them where they are. Because, for example, say a patient with rheumatoid arthritis that has developed significant, you know, um, deformity or, or just weakness in their hands, but they still are trying to live independently. An occupational therapist can work with them to help them figure out, you know, other other things that they can do to to help open jars, to help be able to cook, to help get themselves dressed, to help reach things that are, you know, a little bit higher or out of reach. So there's so many applications for or patients folks. that would be appropriate for an uh, evaluation evaluation with occupational therapy. For short folks, reaching stuff's always a problem anyhow. <laughs> yeah, we got you here, Marisa. You're on. So Dr. Morgan, uh, again, okay. then what Absolutely. would a physical therapist be called in to do? A physical therapist? Yes. Okay. So that would be you. you know, yes. No, I was sure. just, <laughs> just made, uh, there is quite a bit of crossover between what, what a PT and an OT does. Um, but where, where I get called in, as, as, as you, you've already mentioned, you know, doing that range of motion on your knee, getting your knee moving, um, you know, I'm looking at uh, larger, uh, larger type uh, motor functions. Um, so getting on and off of a chair, um, um, you know, walking around your house, you know, looking at your balance, um, you know, one of the things that, that, that I, I mentioned athletics earlier, but I, I, I describe where, where an OT is looking at your occupation as living. I take an athletic approach because I, I view all of my patients as athletes. The older you get, 
the more ath- the more of an athletically challenging event getting off of your couch into the bathroom becomes. And if you think about it like a race, you know, you, you have a time component that has to be met. Um, you know, th- those are all, you know, th- th- those are the important things. I mean, not to tell too much out of school, but if you happen to be taking a diuretic, speed often becomes an important element in getting from where you are into the restroom. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. You are not wrong. So, uh, Dr. Morgan, let's talk a little bit about in just a minute uh, ways in which uh, folks can benefit from uh, both physical therapy and occupational therapy and what it took for you uh, to, to earn that doctorate. You're listening to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Dr. Marisa Charles. Our very special guest is Dr. Andrew Morgan. He's with Home Care Dimensions and he is a physical therapist and a whole lot more. <laughs> Thanks for listening to WellMed Radio. You may be experiencing anxiety or stress regarding all the news about COVID-19 or what is commonly referred to as coronavirus. You are not alone. Optum is opening its emotional support helpline, providing access to specially trained mental health specialists. This is a toll-free number, and it will be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for as long as necessary. This is a free service. Anyone in need of emotional support is welcome to call. The number is 866-342-6892. That's 866-342-6892. One more time, 866-342-6892. Crying, waiting, hoping. We are so pleased you were listening to us on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron. Dr. Marisa Charles, our co-host, is here. She's a doctor of osteopathy and a primary care physician. And we're talking with Dr. Andrew Morgan. Dr. Morgan is with Home Care Dimensions and is a physical therapist with a doctorate degree. We're talking with him and with Dr. Charles about OT and PT physical therapy and occupational therapy. Uh, And and Dr. Morgan, uh, let's come back to uh, ways in which occupational therapists, physical therapists can help. How do you know you need one? uh, Well, uh, usually I think, I I think it depends on, on, you know, your age and what your, what your activities are. I'll start with that. So looking at our senior population, a lot of times it's not actually the, the patient themselves that recognizes that there is a need. Very often it's a family member maybe coming from out of town to come visit that notices, hey, my mom or my dad is having a much more difficult time getting on and off of the, the couch than the last time I, I saw him or her. Um, you know, hey, may, you know, it looks like you, you've, you've declined in some strength. Um, you know, I can see that you're struggling um, opening up of opening up bottles, uh, getting to and from the, the refrigerator, uh, you know, to, to access your, your everyday, you know, your everyday items. Um, that sort of thing um, is frequently what happens uh, with, with our, our older adults. Um, 
Sometimes it's a fall. Um, ideally, we can intervene before a fall. Uh, um, uh, but that, that's, that's a frequently where, where that kind of referral gets generated. We know seniors are at great risk of falling. Yes, yes. Um, and, and one of the, you know, one of the things that, that I'm loving that's happening right now, um, you know, it, it's a great, thing, great reason um, that I'm so proud to be part of WellMed um, is, is getting proactive. So there are fall screenings that get done uh, by WellMed um, looking for people that are, that are at fall risk um, so that they can set up referrals before somebody falls. Um, we can identify certain risk factors and, you know, if you, if you think about it, you know, why do you go get high blood pressure treated? Uh, your blood pressure is 220 over 100. Okay, well, you're fine. You haven't had a stroke yet. No, we yeah. actually, let, let, let's no, get that under right. control before <laughs> let's you that. have the right. stroke. Falling <laughs> is, the, is, is the same thing. And, and you know, uh, there's, there's a number of, of different at, uh, things that, that we look at uh, that will help identify somebody who's at a risk for falling. Well, what are the ways you can help someone uh, who's at risk of falling? In my own case, uh, working uh, with an occupational therapist, we've been uh, working on balance issues, standing up, raising one foot, uh, shifting weight from one foot to the other, uh, practicing lunging from one foot to the other, uh, and, and doing uh, uh, you know, the, the kinds of uh, exercises that uh, let you know whether you can balance or not. One of the things we tried, if you think about uh, stop for DWI, where they make you walk uh, and put one foot in front of the other. Well, try and do that if you've got a balance problem, uh, even if you've not been drinking. Absolutely. So right. one of or, or if you've exercises. had your knee replaced or have had some kind of right. surgery, you know, that impairs so your, I know that, your uh, balance. Well, and that's All one of, that. of the great... Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. No, uh, that's one of the wonderful things that happens with our, with our occupational therapy professionals. Um, is is they they will come in and you know help you know whether it's it's making a modification in how you're doing doing something so maybe you've had maybe someone's had a stroke and there are certain deficits that are permanent well you know at that point an occupational therapist can come in and make some you know make some recommendations of, of how you store your cooking equipment, um, you know, uh, find um, adaptive equipment, you know, there, there, there are specialized forks and spoons um, out there to help somebody who has a, a problem gripping, um, you know, you know so, so that they, again, they can complete those normal activities of daily living and, and do it independently. That, that's really what, what our goal is, is to keep people as independent as possible. And Dr. Charles, do you recommend adaptive equipment to some of your patients? Absolutely. Um, well, like, like you said, for example, in a patient who's who's had a stroke, be it their dominant or their non-dominant side, for if it's their dominant side, that means they have to relearn how to do everything with their left hand. So brushing your hair, brushing your teeth, all of those things require practice. And we even think about assistance devices like your canes, your walkers. I remember when uh, my mom started having some weakness and we recommended that she use a cane 
she needed to be taught how to use it, which seems odd, but she would walk around with the cane in her hand like she was getting ready to hit somebody with it instead of actually <laughs> using it as a cane. Mom, you're just walking with the cane in your hand. So um, those are things you don't necessarily think that somebody would need to be taught, but it does help when they're coached through it and taught how to use the cane, how to use their walker, when they should be using it, depending on their mobility and their um, strength, you know, uh, where they're at at that point in time. And Dr. Morgan, how do you keep track of all the different adaptive products that come on market? I, I had to chuckle when, uh, because at the opening of the show, we talked about how you on, in, in your other life are a, a pretty good cook. And I don't hear a lot of people who talk about cooking equipment a, a, as you referenced the one pot or pan I have in my cupboard. <laughs> well, so two two different things. So the the cooking equipment, if if I'm when we again when we're looking at our our senior population, a lot of times that one pot or pan really is a piece of equipment. It's an old cast iron skillet. And think about the you know think about how much that weighs. That's a you know 15 20 pound hunk of metal. And where is that usually stored? underneath in a cupboard right in a cupboard underneath so you've got to do a squat which is where you know you know you, you've got you've got to do a squat to bend down to be able to pull that thing up and lift it and place it on the stovetop before you even start cooking so you know and that's just that one pot or pan i mean that never mind if someone's got got some other piece of of, of cooking equipment that they're doing uh that they're, that they're utilizing are there pans that you recommend? <laughs> um, like me, per as a, you're asking my opinion as a cook or as a as a. Well, both. I guess to you know recommendation to patients. You know, if they're looking <laughs> to invest in something, I guess. I mean, I, I always so, so I, I always recommend people purchase something that that that's got a nice heavy bottom. Um, um, you know, and, and, and is going to last, um, you know, at, at certain large uh, big box stores, you're probably not going to find good quality. You'll be replacing that stuff within, within a, a, a year. Um, so find something wow. that's going to last. So what do fine chefs use? Um, you want you want brand names? No, sure. That's okay. Okay. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of all clad. Um, all clad for my, my pans and skillets. And then I have a couple of Le Creuset pots and Le Creuset are cast iron that are, that's coated with ceramic. Huh? Yeah. I'm not familiar with all clad. Yeah. All clad that that's, it'll last forever. So we were talking about, you know, cooking skills and mine's pretty limited. I am not a good cook. I rely on my <laughs> husband. He's the one that does most of the cooking at our house. So, um, I can make a salad. I can make a scrambled egg and that's about it. But um, yeah, getting back to, to our patients and, and occupational therapy, you were mentioning that there are some situations now where patients may not need a referral. I think it depends on the insurance. I thought I needed physical therapy. Can I just call uh, you up and say, hey, I need somebody? So there, there are... Um... The, the state of Texas has recently uh, re recently passed direct access law. Um, I think that went into effect, if I remember correctly, Labor Day of 2019 uh, was when direct access went into uh, went into effect. Um, it does 
there, there are some, like every law, there's some specific stipulations about how long a physical therapist can treat you. Some insurances may not pay for it. Um, um, in home care, yeah, right. In, in home care, care we st- we have to have a referral. So absolutely, we have to work under what's called the strictest statute, and home health requires a referral. So we would have to have a, we can't just show up at somebody's house, but like if you no. were to go to an outpatient clinic um, that you might see on, on the corner somewhere, um, um, you know, that they, they frequently can treat now without a referral. Um, um, That's very interesting. For, for a specific, I know with most a, of our, most of our insurances still would require a referral for, for physical therapy, but it's good to know. And certainly good for, I, I, you know, I encourage physical therapy and occupational therapy so much. I know a lot of limitations we see sometimes are cost, you know, and, and patients not being able to, to pay for every single visit, but I'll often encourage my patients to even go a few times, even go get a few sessions with a physical therapist, um, have them monitor how they're doing their exercises, make sure they're going to do it in a way that's correct so that they're not going to get any injuries. Um, and then, you know, once you've figured out how to do those exercises, go home and do them on your own if necessary. We're about but, flat out of time here, Dr. Morgan and uh, uh, Dr. Charles. I, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Andrew, it's been great talking with you. Unfortunately, we don't have time for you to teach me how to cook the perfect duck breast. But we'll <laughs> save that for another show. Hey, thank you so much. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure. And for Dr. Marisa Charles, I'm Ron Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us right here on WellMed Radio. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.